at Royal Randwick yesterday, think it over, simply superb in the Apollo Stakes. We saw that great clash between Fangirl and Espiona making us want more in the rematch coming up in the surround. Lost and running, Irenin and Everest, he's come back bigger and better than ever and Snap Dancer in the Triskay. They were the four feature races yesterday in the studio. We're about to go to Ron Duffersey, Corey Brown and Hugh Bowman, our special guest. I'm in Nowra this morning. Finally, is going to get to host a country championships. Uh, it has been three times they've attempted to run the race here at Nowra. Uh, they've never been able to run it. It's been washed out on every occasion. Maruya two years ago. Last year we had to go to Goulburn. This year we're at Nowra and they will run the race meeting on a soft track. Let's go to the studio. The boys are ready. Uh, good morning to Ron Doversey, Corey Brown and our special guest Hugh Bowman. Yeah, good morning Greg. Um, Huey, three winners yesterday. Five rides, three winners the second. Corey, we were there. Great days racing. The track played beautifully, didn't it? Race very fair. That was great. Beautiful surface. All the tracks, I think, just with a bit of wet weather around, giving them a bit of softness and, yeah, it's, they're all racing really well, in my opinion. Mm. And, Greg, uh, I don't want to, without you in the studio this morning, I, I don't want to embarrass anyone with any individual stats, but you should be able to get plenty from us between the three of us. Uh, 150 Group 1s. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's gone. <laughs> right. <laughs> we'll break those down individually very no, shortly. I don't want to embarrass anyway. <laughs> let's, uh, <laughs> let's have a look at Lost and Running. Uh, Huey's uh, hmm. speedster uh, with John O'Shea. He ran in an Everest. He ran fourth. He won the Hunter before going out for a break. And this is how Ronnie came back yesterday. And boy, did he come back with a bang. Um, I think we're all just a little worried about him first up after his previous preparation but uh, John obviously learnt from that and this horse you he's just he's become a man the way he's uh, you've you've taught him to settle and uh, you know he's not just a speedster and he's giving every indication that he might just run that 1500 mile he he, he feels like he will but it's important he, that he does relax and he's very strong through the line here but the best part of the race for me was that the 700 when I needed him to come back underneath me. He wouldn't have done that last prep at this stage and he's learning all the time and John's patience with his horse is really starting to pay off and do you reckon, the best do you reckon, is ahead of him. Do you reckon it's just because he's a lot more forward 
this preparation than what he was last preparation? Like he was obviously a lot fresher last preparation he, at the start. Well, he was a lot fresher and he's come back, a, you know, you can see that he's fitter yeah. already at the start, but, but his temperament is allowing him to do that. And I think that's the biggest key is the fact that he's relaxing within himself. Uh, this time last prep, he was a, although John was setting him for an Everest, so he had him fresh and precocious, but uh, that patience, as I said, and the way the horse has developed mentally is, is a real positive. But, but he, he's done that in the trials, you, you, just the way you've rode him in the trials, and he's come back underneath here and just, he's looked like Nature Strip, but Nature Strip used to ch tear away and win those trial by 10, now he can relax a little bit better, yeah, he's uh, similar. And he, he's waiting for the command to go, whereas yeah. before you all just hanging on for dear life, whereas now he's, he's naturally relaxing, waiting for the command and He's going through his gears beautifully, and it was a great example yesterday. And, uh, and as far as him getting that extra distance, any doubts in your mind? Oh, I, I, well, he showed at Newcastle that he can run the 1400, and I can't see the 1500 being any problem if that's the path he takes. I believe it is the George Ryder third up. So, yeah, and the thing is, he likes going at a good, solid pace, which is going to allow him to get into that rhythm that he likes. And uh, if he can do that, there's no reason why he can't run the 1500. And what about the spring? So then you've got to keep him mad fresh for an Everest. So is that is that possible? Oh, well, John's the man. But, <laughs> you know, I mean, there's plenty of time. I mean, you know, a break and come back and it'd be a different preparation. But I think, I, I think he could be prepared better for an Everest this year than last year. Because, you know, for mine, you know, my what I had to do with him, we were just managing his temperament at the start of last prep and by the time he got to the Everest it was all coming together. But I think if he can start off on the right foot instead of the back foot, like last year yeah. so to speak, he could be better prepared prepared for the Everest this year than last year, e even by being stretched out to 1500 this, this time in. Just on the beaten brigade there, I thought uh, over, overpass went really good. He, he's a very promising three-year because he did it both ends and still stuck on well. Stand out run one of these better races yeah. and I think Superium will just win the right race if he, if he runs it at next time and uh, I must say Lord of Indices still catching my eye for something a little bit longer. He's, he's a really nice horse for, for that little bit further but it's all about the winner Greg. And let's hear from uh, John O'Shea and, uh, and what Huey had to say after the race as well. It's been a wonderful team effort. A uh, young guy by the name of James Harding did some preparatory work with him at the beach and he's really enjoyed that and come into us in such wonderful order. And then it was just a matter of, you know, going through our routine to continue him in a happy, you know, vein of form that he is at the minute. And, um, you know, it was incumbent that we had him a little bit further forward this time because he's going to run in a group one in three weeks' time. And, uh, and we really want to give him an opportunity to, to win a race of that calibre because we think he's deserved of it. So... Um, yeah, we'll turn up here in three weeks' time and he'll be a fit racehorse and ready to give a good account of himself. He's probably a little fresh today, but um, lucky they went on a good gallop and, and Hugh was able to give him a lovely drop on him and you know, he did the rest. He's just doing everything so much better now as he's got older and you know, his wither only really popped up you know, this, this spell. You know, like he's still been sort of running downhill up until you know, this time and so he's finally matured now and you know, the next 12 months, if we can continue to keep him sound, He's got a really bright future. He's got a tremendously good record, and uh, he's performed at at the best levels now. And uh, you know, to win a race of this caliber with 61 kilos is true testament to his ability. He's a class horse, and uh, 
you know, he had the top weight, of course, because he's because of his record. But he's a genuine Group One horse, in my opinion, and we expected a good performance. And that I didn't quite, I didn't expect the pace to be quite as strong as it was early, but it allowed him to get into a really good rhythm. You can see mid race is a bit fresh. He wanted to get going with me, but I was able to just. Uh, I was able to just get him to settle back underneath me from the 700 and it was pretty much all over from that point on. I was in complete control and I knew what he was going to give me up the straight and he certainly didn't disappoint. So next stop, a Group 1, Canterbury Stakes, then maybe a George Ryder, maybe an All-Aged. It's his autumn. Let's go to the, uh, the clash of the day. This race was talked about for many weeks, so much depth. A great field of three-year-old fillies lining up, but 95% of the talk was all about Espiona. Hugh, talk us through this mighty clash. And we've got to throw in Jamea as well, because she was great. Uh, where Fangirl, your ride, gets up to beat Espiona and Jamea. Well, Yui, she, she was good. You obviously found a beautiful position coming to the turn there and knew what you mm. were following, because yeah. she was the marked, well, she had to be the marked girl going into the race. Well, she certainly was. And, you know, they've worked together, these two fillies at home. And, that, you know, I think the mark, oh, it's easy now that Fangirl won, but um, obviously Espiona was a deserved favourite, but I think there was a discrepancy in the amount of the difference in the price. And I think these three fillies, are, they're all top-class fillies and um, they're, they're all in for a big autumn and she's just got that will to win. And I expected Espiona to win, like everyone else. But when I was just going back through Fangirl's replays, because I hadn't ridden her in a race before, the way she attacked the line when James won on a here over 1,400 in the spring was exceptional. And it actually gave me confidence that if I was in the right spot at the right time, she, she could perform very well in this race. And um, that's exactly what she did. That's what I'm about to ask you. That you just said right spot at the right time. Do you reckon getting held up that little fraction until about the 150, do you reckon that won you the race? Do you reckon if you were exposed a bit, if you got there a bit sooner, do you reckon she would have oh, sort of faded on the line? No, I, because I, I was so tight between the two runners, and Tommy knew exactly where I was, and he was giving me no mm -hmm. room. We even had a chuckle about it after the race. But <laughs> when the room finally came, but what did happen is those other two were competing against each other, and Fangirl, I was just, I was having to wait for some yeah. space to really ask for full effort, and so they were both tired. And Fangirl had a bit in the locker, but yeah. it was a, an interesting race and a great example of some good competitive riding and and three top-class fillies. I don't think we can wait till the next class. It's a beauty. Like she's, a, we know she's a very good filly, Fangirl. She showed that in the Carbine Club as well. Um, the Espiona, is she? I think we can stop playing this game now of the you know little winks and the second coming and all this <laughs> sort of stuff. And let's just face it, she's a good filly. Yeah. She's on her way. Uh, she did the work there. She was a sitting shot late, and I don't think she should lose any admirers. She's very, very promising. Um, whether she's dominant is another thing. We'll learn more about her next time. I think you're right. The big three, Jamea didn't. She didn't lie down as well. And I thought Zuzarella was good because she she was wide, no cover the whole way there. So I don't know whether anything from the back of those first maybe four across the line uh, could do could really match it. Although hearsay was held up and should have probably run fourth. Um, the other thing I want to talk to you about, the battle with McDonald at the moment. Mm. McDonald is, you know, it's pretty sportsmanlike there in the jockey's room and he's been baiting, uh, baiting you for, a, <laughs> I'd say, about six weeks now. Uh, you've stayed pretty quiet about that and I think it's, it's, it's sort of sprung into business. He's, he's like the Iceman, Bart, <laughs> and he just sits back and waits he for waits it all to happen. He waits his opportunity. <laughs> 
Well, you need opportunity, but you know, James is he's the man of the moment. He's getting all the good rides, but he's little wigs. <laughs> he's a bit frazzled you yesterday, ride, though. You, you can't ride everything. That's right. You know, that's that's the, the bottom top. line. And so he's but he's got the headline horses, he's got Nature Strip, very elegant, and he's had a huge year last year and there's no reason why it can't happen again, but there's enough for the pie for everyone to get a piece, and yeah. that's all I'm doing. Just you had, getting more you had him on the back foot yesterday, though. He was a bit frazzled the first sort of six or seven races until he rode the, the second last winner. <laughs> yeah, well, I know what that feels like, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, Fangirl, you gave... I was speaking to Charlie Duckworth yesterday. When you talk about Fangirl and being underestimated, she came out and made a statement on Derby Day. And he said the reason why she was such a distant memory, straight after that we won with Home Affairs, then we won the Melbourne Cup, and then Nature Strip, and then all of a sudden it was, it was just, uh, she was out the back. She was, she was almost forgotten about, because Espiona come along and all of a sudden everything was overshadowing Fangirl. But she was there to make a statement yesterday and she did it, and here's what Chris Waller had to say about the Quinella after the race. She's a talented filly and we saw what she did down at Flemington on Derby Day, which was never easy for Philly to beat those boys, and um, she'd done that easily, and I think she won with a bit of class today too. I, I haven't watched the replay yet, but I don't think Hugh got too urgent with her. It was a bit of hands and heels, and, and away she went, and yeah, it'll be interesting to see what, what comes from the race and how much they both improve, and obviously others in the race as well. So, yeah, I think she's got a bright future, and no disgrace, Espiona, for sure. Well, we all want a rematch now, and it'll come over 1,400 in a couple of weeks. It will. Yeah, I don't think there's any diverting, which is great. And uh, we saw some good, good prize money boosts and some great initiatives again through the, um, through the week. And uh, I think what people really want to see is the good horses racing. So, yeah, get the best ones racing on the same day. It's a big plus. And uh, two weeks' time, that'll be on in the surround stakes. I just want to ride my filly, particularly being first up and with the vision of... This filly sort of stretching out, out over longer distances. I wanted to ensure that her last furlong was the best and that she settled in a good rhythm early. And it just really all planned out beautifully for me. I didn't have to make any rash decisions, although it did get a bit squeezy at the 200 metre mark because when Tommy went for home on Chimea, you know, she, she's a class horse and I thought, oh, I'm not going to sprint with these two. But uh, they both hit their top and I was still there lingering. and. Uh, when they peaked on their runs, my filly was there to capitalise and she's going to improve beautifully from this run and spells out for good prep. Just looking at those Cerise colours, how good Cor uh, Huey looks in those colours, Corey. By gee, you won some feature races in the Cerise. I did. I was very lucky in the Cerise, um, although I didn't get to put them on very often with Darren in the stable as well. I had to share them, but, um, but yeah, no, they were very good to me. <laughs> Uh, what about that market in the surround, uh, Duff? Which way would you go right now? Oh, I don't know, but it's uh, still pretty short, Espiona. If we get that market up again, even money. Uh, although she has got that support, Fangirl, well, going, you know, to the 1400. And this, wait till you see this horse, Argentia, this Anthony Friedman horse that won yesterday. It has got quality as well. So I think um, that market, probably, they're, they're the big ones in the market. Well, I can't see Jamea there. She should be there somewhere. Um, whether she is going on a different tact, I don't know. But no. she, she's probably the overs if she's a better than, you know, a 15 to 1, 15 dollar chance. But no, she's going there. Yeah. Just before we go to a break, there was uh, yesterday at the the Barrier Boys do a lot for you, blokes. Yeah. And I, I saw a, a, a social media post that Martin Begg, 28 years behind the barrier, uh, was his last day yesterday. So 
they do a great job, these fellas, and we've had a few barrier incidents yesterday, and they're always there to help you blokes yeah. and keep you safe. Well, the, the unsung heroes, along with the clerks of the course, and I wish, well, we all wish Martin well in retirement from the barriers, but, you know, it's the sort of thing, you, you go along, if there's no problems, there's no problems, but when there is an issue in the barriers, it's an important, you know, it's a very important yeah. part of the race, and, and also for safety, for horses and riders, and... Uh, they do, do an amazing job. Just They're there to help when help is needed, and if help isn't needed, they, they don't play much of a role. But no, uh, no. when you need help, you need help. And uh, well done to Martin and, and all the guys behind the gates yeah. and clerks, of course. Well, they would have helped you out a few times over your career as well. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. No, like, like Huey said, they're the unsung heroes. You know, they're, you know, what they go through, like, I know against our legs and stuff when the horses are banging and you know, leaning against you, let alone leaning against their legs. So, no, they've done a great job and wish you well, Martin. We're going to take a break. When we come back, uh, this wonderful horse, Think It Over, wins the Apollo Stakes. Well, here's one of the great stories of Australian racing, what Think It Over has been able to achieve, how he keeps meeting the challenges, getting better. What he did in the Apollo Stakes yesterday was quite incredible. Over 1,400 metres at weight for age. Uh, maybe once a giant killer, no more. He's the real deal, and they have to beat him now in the races going forward. Uh, what an outstanding horse, and to think the market took him on yesterday. He just looks a beautiful ride. He, he just, he just, he just pushed the button. He puts himself in a position, and then he knows he's got to chase him down late. He's, Nash would have been giggling the yeah. whole way here, Corey. He was never going to get beat. Like once Nash, from an awkward sort of draw, pushed forward, settled into the one-one. There was a good speed on, you know, out there on the track, but from the 800 metres, he was never ever going to get beat. Yeah, yeah. look, and finally he might, it's been two preparations he's had, he been in this form now, so um, he might get the credit he deserves in the marketplace. Uh, look, Colette's run well, nice return from her. I thought, um, I thought the, the I Am Superman went out far too hard there, mm -hmm. and he, he, a lot of merit in his performance that he stuck on pretty well, and Hungry Heart, I thought was pretty good first up. Uh, she could be in for a good prep, maybe just train as a more of a uh, sprinter miler. The fit horse run well, special reward. Ice bath got home good. Yep, she was good, good section was late there. And very elegant, uh, very hard to resume of a two mile Melbourne Cup and, and they got her out of a comfort zone. Yeah, that's it. Was was a fast run. It was too fast a race for those sort of stays resuming. Yeah. It was. She's still come home the second best last 600 of the race, yeah. so she's gone well. Um, Maximal, lovely big horse and uh, maybe, uh, I thought mid-race he was travelling, but maybe... maybe well, he was. He was over-travelling. Yeah. Well, especially in the early stages. And Bit of oh, a lad? Oh, he's a, I haven't quite worked him out yet, but I think, you know, he tried without the blinkers. He was lethargic and seemed one pace. He didn't feel one pace, but he's, you know, to the eye, looked lethargic in one pace. And the blinkers went on again yesterday. He wore them in the All-Star Mile. But I knew going to barriers, I thought, I'm going to have to make sure I settle this horse. And... He jumped well and I had a beautiful position, but he was just doing too much within himself. So, and finished off accordingly. I, I, I don't know what John's plans are from now, but he certainly have to sort of re rethink things with him. Uh, there's no doubt the ability's there, but it was just trying to get it out of him. Well, similar to Lost and Running, first up last preparation, just a bit of a mystery. They can bounce back. They can, and not all is lost. I mean, 
I couldn't pull him up. I mean, he, he's got he's got the engine there, and, but he's a he's an end tire, and we've just got to work him out. What do you think of your old girl working home late there, Jewy? I thought it looked great. I've only watched the replay once or twice, but yeah, I think I think she had the fastest last six hundred, did she? Mm -hmm. So, again, for those horses that want longer distances, that the pace was right on from the outset, so it probably dragged the speed out of them. But I, her last. 200 metres was a real eye-catcher, in my opinion. OK, uh, and Sam Kavanagh said that Sikandra Bad is going to go to the Musselbrook Cup and then look towards the big dance. Everyone's looking to go to the big dance, the new $2 million race on uh, Melbourne Cup Day. Let's go and hear from uh, Kerry Parker and also Nash Willer after the race. How good is he? You know, he's just a, a really good horse. Did you know he'd come back in that frame when you, when you started him this preparation? Oh, when you start, you sort of hope, but as we got closer, and I was thrilled with his two trials, and uh, you know, he had an uninterrupted prep coming into it, and uh, looking at him today in the yard and everything, I thought he's pretty forward. You know, I expected him to run really well. So he doesn't surprise you anymore? No, we're well past that now. <laughs> now, 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 it's just, just wanting to see him. You know, uh, main thing was tick the box and let you know he was back. But I was pretty confident he'd win it. Okay, you made the decision to stay in Sydney, stay at home. Uh, what's the that was in the spring. What's the preparation going to look like this autumn? Well, his main goal will be like everyone else's, the Queen Elizabeth. You know, you've got to sort of target that up. So he'll come back in a couple of weeks and run in the uh, Chip and Norton and then um, we'll work it out whether we go to the Rambit and sort of come in that way. So a traditional path. What about Nash? Uh, what about him? What about yeah. him and Think It Over and that combination? They, well, they get along as well as the strapper and the horse. They're uh, mm. you know, all a good combination and... Uh, it, it, it works terrific, as you can tell. You could so, sort of tell Tommy was going to try and uh, use his fitness to his, to his advantage, and you know, I was, you're in a catch-22. I'm on the best horse, who we know is certainly not wound up for this race, but uh, ready to do his job. And um, it's exciting as a rider to be on, on him when they're like that, because he was more confident than me at the 600. <laughs> I was still worried about what was behind us, and. Uh, the horse is, uh, you know, he's just travelled up behind him and, and put him to the sword. Fantastic run. Um, look, 1400's always been short of her best, although she is a Group 1 winner at the distance. It's still always been, been a suspect journey, especially coming off the back of a Melbourne Cup uh, campaign and a successful one at that. So, uh, great run. Just the, went, went much faster than what we had anticipated um, and probably Barrier 1 isn't the optimum spot for her. Uh, but James... Had to sort of hug the, hug the rail around the home turn and she, she stuck on well. Um, she'll be a much better second up with a run under her belt over slightly further. So really happy and delighted that she's pulled up well and pulled up sound. So that's, that's the most important thing at this stage. Well, it sets itself up for a great uh, Chipping Norton Stakes and then on to a Ranvet and uh, the big prize, the Queen Elizabeth Stakes, at the end of all of it. Uh, there's the Chipping Norton Stakes lineup. With very elegant, the favourite at three dollars in front of Think It Over at three fifty. They will, they will duke it out again. Let's go to the uh, Triske Stakes, race number nine. There was um, a long delay before the running of uh, this race. Snap Dancer, Hugh knows Snap Dancer well, and this was a dominant performance in the mare's race. Well, the the thing was with this race, with the two late scratchings, we lost our two leaders yeah. and. Uh, and James sorted that out pretty quickly um, and just took ownership of the race from start to finish on the best 
you know, probably the best form horse in the race. So the backmarkers had none. He just paced the tempo to suit himself, uh, quickened at the right time just before the turn, before they could get their momentum up. And it was a one-act affair. Uh, she's peaked up. She's only third up and she was good. I, the horse I want to follow out of the, probably the day, is the second filly, Promise of Success. I, look, she was only a benchmark 80 mare coming into the race. She wasn't, she needed probably speed and, and cover, but I, I'd say she's on the worst part of the track by this stage of the day. And I, I like the way she stuck it out. I, I really want to follow her. She's a sleeper. Um, Electric Girl was very good with improvement to come. She was above herself. And Mirror Vision, I thought she'd be much more forward than that. I think she got more than a pass mark. It's me, very hard to do. Two tendons, 480 mm. days off, and uh, she she had the hide to stick her head through there at Works the 200. Very well. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but that was just a one-act affair, wasn't yeah. it? Sit and steer job, really. Yeah. Um, oh, I was pretty impressed, though. Like, I know the track didn't chop out that much, but the, the turn of foot that the horse had, I know I've got a cheap, sort of easy lead, but the way it extended from the probably 200, 300 through, it was really, really explosive. 33, 55 yeah. after you a shower run. It's, not, yeah. it's pretty quick, it's pretty yeah. hard to come for me on. <laughs> exactly. Uh, let's go and hear from uh, Kira Murray and David Eustace, uh, Sydney foreman, Johan Gerard Debord, but we just called him Joe. She was always a mare we thought would get better in time, and uh, she's really improved his preparation. Uh, we gave her a light spring, and uh, the owners get rewarded now. And just keep finding those uh, nice sprints for her during the carnival. Surely there's some more left for her. Oh, there are plenty more for her. Uh, Nobody's great, uh, good group of owners, Brad Spicer mm. uh, and the team. And he's good now. She's a stakes winner. Uh, that was the first stakes win. So it was great. Okay, Duff and Corey, can we find out where, where Huey might be going next or next weekend and what's coming up? Well, I'm hearing you're riding Animo on Saturday. I am. I'm a lucky recipient of James. Going to Melbourne to ride in the Lightning, of course. So Animal will be up here, so I'll ride him. Uh, Zambezi River in the Silver Slipper. So it's um, the two-year-old scene is an interesting one at this point in time. I don't, my, I keep your powder dry. Yeah. I, I think there's plenty to happen in yeah, the two-year-olds at this stage. So there's there hasn't been a standout from what I can tell, and anything could happen. So it's an exciting few weeks ahead for everyone. Yeah. And that stay you rode of uh, John Sargent yesterday, like he's going, he's going quite nicely. Well, he's a horse that's been racing well all preparation, and he's been drawing wide, having to go back in big fields, and just not being able to make up the ground. But he, he just had conditions to suit yesterday, and then with that good pace set by Fun Fact, played into his hands. But he's been knocking on the door, and he's been doing that all prep, but he got the conditions to suit yeah. yesterday, and he. Got out and won. All the boxes were ticked. You give him a great ride, settled him a lot closer than what he's been. But well, like he you said, closer okay. because he drew well. Yeah. And I went forward on him one day about three starts ago, and he just didn't settle. Mm. And it was his only bad run of the prep. So you got to switch him off when you do. He's really strong late, and he got up the mile and a half with a good draw and yeah. a pace to suit. Very tricky time for jockeys at the top, uh, sorting out. Where their horses are going, where they're going over the, you know, with crossover carnivals and whatever. Yeah. Mm. Well, I'm, my plan is to try and just stay in Sydney. Um, you know, I've got nothing to go to Melbourne for at this stage, and I just really want to try and build up some momentum into the championships. That's my goal this year, and uh, it was a good start yesterday. So, looking forward, uh, like everyone else, looking forward to the month or yep. six weeks ahead. We appreciate you coming in this yep. morning. You're welcome. Good skills. Thanks for having me. Great. Thanks, Huey. Mm.
Have a great autumn. Hugh Bowman here on Thoroughbred Weekly. Uh, we're going to go to a break now, but before we do, let's go and get an update on uh, next week's Millie Fox. Greg Pritchard, who was out at the track for us yesterday, caught up with Mark Newnham about expat, John Thompson with Lelude, and John O'Shea with Rock O'Clock. Yeah, she's come back in really good style. She uh, had a short freshen up after the win in the Bell of the Turf. Uh, she's the first up winner at Rose Hill previously, 1300. Um, Tom Sherry trolled her the other day. She trolled terrific, so she goes there in good order. Nice mare, Lalube. Uh, she's first up in that. She ran very well first up in it last year, uh, and I think she's going better this year. She trolled super the other day, and she's in great form. Looks fantastic, and I think she's in for a good prep. It's a good race for her. She's really well handicapped, you know. Um, trials have been first class, so um, look forward to getting there next week and see if she can acquit herself well. Things are starting to get serious now with the two-year-olds. We next week go to the Silver Slipper before we go to those traditional Golden Slipper lead-ups. Uh, yesterday was the Piero Plate. Metallicity ran the favourite, a drifting one, and it was Mumbai Jewel sweeping home down the outside to get the money for Annabelle Neesham and Sam Clipperton. Yeah, she bounced back. She's a quality filly, this. Um, although the four mightn't sort of say that yet, but uh, nice patience from Sam, sitting off them, put her to sleep, and she just has too big a burst at the finish here. Sam Paper stuck it out well after getting hampered at the start. Uh, Rise the masses stuck on well. Um, Tim just drops his whip the last little bit there. It doesn't matter. Metallicity, Corey, he looks like a big green baby. He wandered, he didn't know how to flatten yeah. out. He looks like a horse that might want 1,200. I wouldn't sack him on that. Oh, definitely not. I, I went and spoke to Tommy after the race, and Tommy just said, just from the 500 through to probably about the, the four, you know, he, he just lost his way. He, he sort of got all unbalanced, and he looks a big unit. Although he wasn't cluttered up in behind him, he had the room, but he, he, just, he just didn't put it together his first race start. But I, I think... It's not a forgive run, but I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be jumping off him yet. I think he's a he'll be a big improver. Miss Fabergé got hurled up. Behind oh, I, I reckon she would have been the winner. Yeah. If she had got the run, I reckon she would have charged through. She she come up underneath him like she was she was just about to hit top gear and she just got stood on her head. So um, really really good run. Yep, and Peace Office has got talent there, but uh, it's an interesting race. I think there's a little bit of talent there, but it's untapped talent. Okay, here's Annabelle Neesham and Sam Clipperton. Oh, well, even before watching that, I've always had a, a really good opinion of her. She's just a, a beautiful physical and always wanted to please and, and shown plenty of ability at home. So I was disappointed to see her draw wide again. Um, she had a bit of a torrid run at, at Rose Hill a fortnight ago. She was sort of wide, no cover the trip. So when I saw she'd drawn the, the outside alley again, I, I sort of ummed and ahed whether we ran her. We actually even accepted for Wyong on Tuesday where she drew wide again. So we just decided to come here, ride her quiet and, and hope they overdid it up the front. And... Um, look, if she drawn a gate, she jumps very well. Um, he had to snag her back, but I can't wait till she can draw a gate and, and really put her in a race and yeah, hopefully get some black type with her now going forwards. Really like this filly. Um, Annabelle just said to me before the race, come out quiet and you know she's a talented filly, but just she if she um, can get home from the awkward draw and I've got a lovely card up there from Hugh Bowman into the straight. I was always confident she was going to have a turn of speed. In the end, I probably got there a little bit too soon because once I got there, one year come up, she had a little look around. So. She's probably um, one, a, one a bit easier than what it looked, and um, she's a, a lovely filly going forward. 
Looks like she'll go to the Risling. Uh, next week it's the Silver Slipper Stakes, uh, February 19. On that program also for the three-year-olds, the, uh, the Hobartville uh, Stakes. But for the two-year-olds, the Silver Slipper, here's Adrian Bott with what the Gay Waterhouse Adrian Bott Stable's looking to send there. A couple of horses we'll nominate for there. Uh, Trendy Lass, um, she's coming off a, a very strong maiden win. Um, you know, it was good, um, good, good times on that occasion. I thought she was a nice sharp filly, uh, plenty of upside. Uh, she'll be, she'll be nominated there, uh, and also sort of looking at the sweet embrace for her. Just, just still deciding. Uh, Athletica, who, who we saw resume in the uh, English Millennium, uh, he's most likely to take his place. Uh, he was open, a good improvement off that first up run, uh, and I think we'll, we'll see him take that on Sunday. Okay, also heading there will be Charlatan for Joe Pride. Now, here's Joe Pride with Greg Pritchard giving an update on Charlatan, uh, also Eduardo, and also Private Eye. Yeah, Charlatan. So he's going to have a, uh, his second trial on Monday at Warwick Farm, uh, but really pleased with him. He's a lovely two-year-old colt, uh, very relaxed, very professional about what he does. He's only had the two starts, so it's exciting. Um, yeah, he seems like a, like a horse that hopefully is going to play a big part in the, the major two-year-old races. And next steps for your two stable stars, starting with Eduardo? Yes, Eduardo will be in Melbourne next week and I'll, I'll be down there as well, Flemington. So, um, But we'll, we'll spread the team half-half and, and um, really looking forward to next Saturday. You know, you've got an old horse like Eduardo and then a, a young horse like Charlottes and sort of the, the two you know, wide spectrums of the stable, but um, they're both in terrific order. And Private Eye? Private Eye is going to have his second trial on Monday. He'll be seen here on March 5th in the, uh, in the Canterbury Stakes. Looking forward to that. He's going along really well. I was watching Joe Pride speak to the press yesterday, uh, going through uh, all of his uh, horses that he's looking forward to coming up. My gee, he's excited about Charlatan. He's very, very excited about Charlatan, who we'll see on Monday. Ronnie and I will be covering the trials tomorrow, uh, and then Saturday in the Silver Slipper. There's the Golden Slipper market, guys. Yeah, it's holding, holding, holding. Nothing's burst onto the scene yet. We're waiting, uh, maybe after the Silver Slipper. We said maybe after this weekend, yeah. but... Nothing jumped out really in Sydney or Melbourne, uh, so with the Sydney filly winning in Melbourne. So stay tuned. The highway yesterday was race number two. Cody Morgan got the uh, win with highlights and Tommy Sherry was on board. Yeah, look, just Tommy took bad luck out of the equation. He had confidence in the horse, knew it was one of the fancied runners. Went forward, I thought he was going to clear and get the lead, but then he just, um, when he knew he was going to get pressure, he just come back underneath him. and. Uh, there was a cast of thousands there of the owners. The ATC went white when they saw how many drinks they had to buy for the owners there. I can tell you that much. Put them in the, put them in the red. I tell you, but uh, good effort. Uh, what? You know, it's just a typical highway. I would have thought still in fashion. Had his chance in front. Uh, second horse has gone well. Smooth Esprit up in class there, and Lord Decetimo just got chopped out there at the 250 and lost momentum. But too good the winner. Uh, let's go and hear from Glenn Morgan, Cody's dad, and also Tommy Sherry. This is what country racing's all about. I mean, there's probably more owners here than would be if Winx was racing. These people have flown in from Brisbane, Melbourne, T Dubbo, Tamworth, all over the state um, to be here at Royal Randwick for this occasion. Did Cody tell, uh, tell them to back it? Cody did advise me there'd be a couple of owners here, but uh, he didn't tell me there'd be 50 or 60. Showed brilliant gate speed and got into a nice position outside the lead. He travelled very comfortably, switched off nice for me. And I was always confident at the top of the straight. Um, it was a matter of time and... Didn't want to get there too soon, um, although he was in front a long way from home. He hit the line well and he was well placed by Cody Morgan and the team. Uh, and boys have been confident all week, so congratulations to them. He jumped good and I wouldn't have, wouldn't have been disappointed if I didn't land in front. Uh, but obviously with Reese and 
I had a fancy run inside me. I'd love to get a cart off him. Uh, he would have given me a nice lead into the straight, which he did. But um, he's a nice progressive horse going forward. And now that he's won over the 1800, it opens up a couple of avenues for those country cups and those 2,000 metre races. This was uh, Huey Bowman's first win of the day. His first of three at Landos, winning the mile and a half. Yeah, and uh, we spoke to you here. Yeah. It's just a beautiful ride. Yeah, just a gun ride. Like, like Huey said, he... he he drew the right barriers. He could ride him a little bit closer in the run. Um, but, yeah, just just a great ride. Yeah. Best ride won the race. Best yeah. horse. For sure. Yeah, I don't think it was a bit of a nothing race, but he's going well, the horse. Greek hero was good on speed. Flambeau might win one of these shortly, just a one-pacer. Uh, fortified, loomed up, knocked up, and Casino Kid looked very flat to me. Yeah, he didn't really hit the bridle and travel. and get, He got into the race late, but... He, he, I thought with the speed on and the position that he ended up with, I thought he would have attacked the line a little bit better. He's had a busy schedule. He may have had enough or he may just not have run the 2400. Here's uh, Sarge N. Bowman. He's really uh, had form lately and uh, after the Magic Millions, I, I gave him a week out up there and uh, he's come back in great form. That's why you put Hugh Bowman on? Yeah, that's right. He rode him before we went up there. He couldn't make the weight in the uh, Magic Millions. Tommy was on there, but Hugh back on, it was a perfect ride. Set up well for him on paper before the race. He's a horse. That's, he's been a model of consistency, but he's just been getting too far back from from wide draws. And if you ride him handy, he doesn't finish. So today, from the good draws, I'll just land, switch him off, and put him to sleep. And Alan sent a beautiful, even tempo up front on Fun Fact, and that was, you know, most likely going to be the case. And when it was, uh, once the gaps appeared, my horse was there to capitalise, and he's, you know, he's just franked his consistent form all prep. Okay, race number four on the program. The man famous for I say rich, Wayne Sealand, has got a, a wonderful mare in Invincible Kiss who caused a boil over. Yeah, what a tough, honest mare. She just found the beautiful run here. Uh, one, one, and she's tough. She has a go. She's been up, you know, she's had a lot of runs, but she never rarely runs bad. Look at Delexo behind them here. Um, Stewards asked James McDonald questions, and I can understand why, but yeah. I understand why he stayed there. Like, look at yeah. the two-horse race on paper, and he's following a horse he expected to kick, yep. and then all of a sudden the horse outside the lead puts paid to it. Yeah. So you, you see what he was doing. Yeah. And it was it, the run was neither there or it wasn't. You know, like, it was sort of half and half not, and James was hesitating, but it's just one of, that, one of those things, I think. Yeah, I think so, but he was obviously a touch unlucky. Yeah. Uh, Wayne Sealan and Reese Jones. She's honest. She, uh, she's learnt to love what she does, and uh, just proud of her. What did you think coming here today? A lot of the talk was about the speed, the big two, Capital Rain and Delexo. Yeah, well, she's always raced better when there's speed, you know. She needs speed on yep. so she can try all the best wins she's getting over the top. What about you and tough horses? Iso Rich, her, they keep going around. Yeah, they, yeah it's, uh, they get to live outside at my place, which helps them a lot, and uh, the team just tries hard. She showed really good gate speed today, and with the pace I was in, it got, just got a lovely trailing behind, and... Every, every time she just gotta start niggling out a little bit early just to keep her in it. But she hits that bit of a flat spot and she's always strong to line as long as she's got a bit of, bit of clear running. She's very injured, um, deserving of a win. Same for Wayne as well. I'm really appreciative they got to stick with it, so thanks very much. Race five over the mile. Here's a silent agenda's win. Yeah, well, this is uh, probably a surprise to me because of how aggressive he was with the blinkers on and I thought, oh, this horse 
won't finish off the way, you know, they went out and he sort of eyeballed Canasta early and then had to chase him down. I thought, oh, something's yee-yee and, and, and a few of these horses are just going to go bang straight past him. But really tough, tough performance uh, from a horse, you know, jumping up in distance, probably to his right distance, mind you, but to stick it out and run through that pain barrier was an excellent performance. In saying that, I don't know how strong the race was. Where he falls is as honest as they come, as is Canasta without winning. That's Yee's worst performance in a long, long time. He's usually so genuine and runs well, but um, he was just found wanting in the yeah. finish there. And especially with the speed on Ronnie, just expecting to attack the line a little bit better. But Canasta, I thought, was outstanding. Like, done all the work and managed to stick on like an... I, I just thought it was an outstanding yeah, run. That's how he races. He just can't put his head out and win. Yeah. Uh, Joe Pride and Tyler Schiller. He just had the right preparation for today and um, he's still racing in his former owner's colours, Don, Don Oakley, and he passed away just before this preparation and, and uh, we purchased this horse from the estate and Don really, I told Don before he passed that it was going to race in his colours, so it's quite an emotional moment for all the guys and just got some of our best clients in, in on him and they're, they're really enjoying it. So he wasn't an expensive horse, but they're having a lot of fun. All has already told me actually that, say, manager, that he's a uh, the big dance horse, so I've got to get him into a country cup there somewhere. Well, do you mind travelling to the country on uh, on the odd weekend? I think you'll have to, won't you? you know, so that's, we sort of bought the horse with sort of country cups in mind and when they announced that race it was sort of like, oh, maybe. With the blinkers going on today, it was a plan to be a bit more positive but when he was towing me along, the lightweight today dropped 10 kilos in weight from his last couple of starts and I was happy to keep going, press on and chase a ch strong speed by Canasta. Take us through the race, what were your thoughts mid-race? I thought we were going a bit hard and I was probably a little bit f too far forward but he travelled great and he just took me into the race. Come to the top of the straight he towed me up to the leader and just went past him like he was just nailed to the rail and gave a great feel the whole way. The patient followers were rewarded with Ron Doversy's best bet of the day. You had to wait till the last but he told you to wait. Here's Legay Soleil. I'd rather back the last winner than the first, I can tell you. It was a good feeling. It got me out of a hole, but uh, she ran right up uh, to the trials. She'd been airborne at the trials. She's got a lethal sprint on her. And as John says, uh, she loves the, to come down the outside, and she beat them in four strides here. So Legay Soleil, a nice return from her, poetic charmer. Uh, look, picked up another check. Um, bound to win's got improvement, and that's an encouraging first up run from her. Be very forgiving of Invinciano when that rain started to fall. She's a dry track dry miler, track, yeah. and you'll see a big improvement when she finds a right race uh, on a dry track. Here's John O'Shea and Karen McAvoy. I was confident that she could run very well. I was just concerned about where she'd draw and how fast she'd have to get off them. I think, to be fair, when the rain came, probably enhanced her chances. And, and when she was only four off and turn of her home, obviously she was going to be hard to hold out. But she's just done so very well since the spell, and she's developed and strengthened and appreciated the time I've taken with her. And it's been great, you know, that Simon and the team at Blanford have been allowed us to be patient with her. And I think they've got ourselves a really good one. She's always had a good record, but she's just probably gone to another level this time. She can go on to the aspiration in three weeks and back at Ramwick and uh, and in some chance maybe of picking up a little bit of black tie. I was a little bit worried by, by the draw, Brandy, but at the same time, we only had one rider and that was in the trial here about 10 days ago. And gee, she tried well from the back of the field and I was, I was, I was pretty happy when I got off her. I said she's going well and, and she showed that there today. I was able to just be negative from the gate. I was lucky that they went a bit of a pace. They, they rolled a bit quicker than what it probably looked on paper. And then around the corner, I was sort of got a thing come up on my left and I just wanted to flush it out. and ended up sort of exposing and, and rolling into it a little bit early and she got there quite quickly but um, she had the race won and yeah she's, she's a smart man.
OK, Ronnie, yesterday's uh, CF4 at Caulfield. Yeah, well, Tefane's a, a, a fantastic mare. I don't think she'd ever won first up in the past, and here she is winning a Group 1 first up. And yeah, Mark Zara, he had a good day. He took the initiative, took her to the front, and uh, I thought she was she was fantastic. Um, what do we want to say? Light Sabre, he's battled on well for the, the, the three-year-old there. Uh, Cascadian did his thing, whacked away. Uh, the, I think I'm thunderstruck. I think Mick, the two Mick said, coming into the race, they were pouring cold water on him, saying he's not ready. He wasn't, but he was very good late. So he's still in the game. Uh, I am thunderstruck for sure. We are going to take a break. When we come back uh, to Grafton and the first country championships race of the season, the Northern Rivers at Grafton yesterday. turn they head. Nurse along Freya's cloak. Here comes the cavalry on the outside. The stable mate Sakina and now far too easy. Ash Morgan works around them. Shirazzle gets the run through in the middle. Far too easy. Puts the head in front. Strides clears. Akina tries to go with it. Parksville kicking back on the inside. It's far too easy in front from Zakina and Parksville. Far too easy just in front. Zakina lunges. Far too easy off to Sydney. Likewise Zakina for second. Third was Parksville. It's been a bit of a... Um Pressure cooker at home for the last couple of weeks, I, I, and I, that's a big relief. Mm. He didn't. He, he had to do it tough. He was wide the trip. Uh, he did it real tough. Um, you know, he's done it. He, unfortunately, he's done it tough in the last couple of runs. Um, you know, a, a clearer run, he 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 probably wins a little bit more convincingly. He's a really really nice horse because. You know, I set him a task and I said the day before the race, my job just to stay out of his way and, and let him, if I get cover, I get cover and I landed three deep with cover and he said he just hits a bit of a flat spot, so I got into him, but when I got into him, he just picked up straight away and I was like, well, I'm off, we may as well keep going and look, he was entitled to be vulnerable late, um, he's got good engine, he's got a lot of heart too. I've got a lot of respect for him, I, I, I watched his replays all last week and I thought he'd be very, very hard to beat, but the encouraging part was I think, I think she was taking a little bit of ground off him at the end. I'll be happy to go to Randwick up the hill over 1,400. She's a little trial, that's for sure. She got, didn't have much weight, and then we've kicked, kicked strong halfway up the straight, and then I've seen Ash coming at me. I was just like, this is going to be a little bit of a battle here. And I expected her to sort of not fight back as hard as she did, and she really dug deep and had a real good crack, but she just went down. But um, A for effort trying-wise, like she's got a heart, heart as big as a lion. What about that guy, Adrian Lake? What he's done this week. He was at Wagga on Thursday. He was at Taree Friday. He was at Grafton on Saturday. And he's riding it now or today. It's his job. And he's got to ride in the company <laughs> championship his, final. It's his job. It's his job. It's his job. <laughs> I tell you what your job is. Driving six and a half hours with me to Canamble in a few weeks' time. You know who's riding there? McDonald and Bowman are yeah. riding there. So, I, so told I, I hear. Can... So there'll be a plane going, Rad. No. You might be able to get on the plane. No, I told them they can go with you after the last. and yeah. you, you can stop off, have dinner on the way there. and be can recommend, nice re recommend a nice hotel. <laughs> um... The race today, Nowra, Country Championships. Let's hear from um, James Ponsonby. Greg Pritchard caught up with James. He's got Phillipsburg running today. He's done really well since we gave him the break uh, after he won his last start the highway. And uh, his two trials this time back have been nothing but pleasing, so I think he's got a good chance. I think he's a fairly versatile horse. He, he can put himself handy to the pace. 
Um, a lot of the chances have drawn sort of all around him, so he's going to find himself in a handy spot, I think, with Rachel. It's just a matter of hot, probably depending on how the track is, uh, whether he's three wide with cover or whether he's in the running line with a bit of cover. All right, uh, so this... Uh this race today, Arnaku is the favourite at $3.70 in front of Testator Silence at $5. So, so say you at $6.50, Cavalier Charles at $8. Uh, let's have a look at a couple of replays. First of all, Testator Silence. Well, he's a four out of five, Ronnie. He's a really, really good horse. Uh, test oh, hang on. That's not... I don't think that's the... Uh, I'll come back to that market. Talk about Testator Silence, first of all. Yeah, look, he's, uh, he, he, he finds a way. He just can't draw a barrier. He's got a terrible draw again there today. I'm interested to watch him in the yard to see how he behaves. He was much better first up, and, and that just knocks the edge off him today with a quicker backup. But he, he certainly has that little bit of X factor about him, and um, he adds a lot of interest to this race today. And we're going to have a look at uh, Arna Kerr now. He's come back as a gelding, Ronnie. Hey, I'm very interested in him because I think he's got a bit of quality. Um, he's, he's had a nice soft trial where he's made ground there late in the trial and he looked very, very good. So if we just look at him here, he's, uh, he gets to the line very nicely from, uh, I think it's him back last there now and just gets a little bit of a squeeze. Um, I think he might be better than, you know, country class. He's always threatened to be a better horse yeah. gelder because he used to roar and carry he, on in the yard. He was always just doing that little bit too much wrong to, to be a good horse. Um, I used to obviously know him because John Van Overmeer was looking after John and he, he'd sort of get himself into positions that he was always neither near nor there. He, he was frustrating, very, was very frustrating. frustrating. But now that they've gelded him, set him at a, a reasonable target, I think yeah. he could come through with flying colours. Yep. All right. Now that mar that market has Arnacure as short as three seventy. The market I'm seeing here on tab three seventy Arnacure, a five fifty Testator Silence, six fifty So Say You, six fifty for Cavalier Charles. I don't think that market's right. Uh, then you've got Phillipsburg nine fifty Blue Missile twelve dollars. So three seventy Arnacure. And Phillipsburg is now 9.50, where you're showing $7 there. So that might need to be refreshed. Uh, the market overall, though, um, with all the series still to come, has far too easy one yesterday at Grafton as the uh, series favourite. Is that right? What price is he? 4.50. 4.50, uh, far too easy in the all-in final, which comes up at Randwick on day one of the championships. All right, Nara today, we're racing on a soft track. Preview coming up at about 11.30 today with uh, Graham White and uh, I think Anthony Manton calling the card here today. Is that right? OK, that's coming up at about 11.30 today and China will join us as well. So looking forward to the coverage of Nara uh, coming up on Sky Thoroughbred Central. Thank you, Corey. Thanks, Rads. Thanks, Duff. Thanks, Greg. Make sure you're in the car park waiting for me next week. Yes. Um, <laughs> you're just a little bit too late. I couldn't wait any longer. I had to go. Yeah, unfortunate. Anyway, we're uh, let's let's say goodbye, and uh, I'll join you later today, right here from Nara. <laughs>